Goodfellas, The Godfather, Scarface. In 1994, mob movies were dark, serious, and, well, ordinary. Then, along came Quentin Tarantino, a fast-talking nerd who spoke the language of cinema, wearing his influences on his sleeve. His crime movies were light, and his characters had lives outside their lives of crime. His characters talked like no others, some using the N-word way more than seems even close to necessary. And his structures were like nothing the audience had ever seen before. Three stories, characters overlap, yet for the most part, don't influence each other. Criticized for its amoral postmodernism and general fucked up nature, Quentin Tarantino offers an implicit defense with his title, referring to either a soft, moist, shapeless mass or a magazine, shut up, or a magazine or book containing lurid subject matter. This film is most definitely pulp. This week on Best Pictures, Pulp Fiction. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... Uh, I'm Mark Wellington. Hey, you know what they call a podcast in France? I'm Chad Oliver, and they actually just call it podcast, but it's the podcast. Great. Um, so... I think that's funny. Sometimes I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty funny. Part. So sometimes for Best Pictures, we think about something we're going to do and decide that it's time for a rebranding. So we are uh, completely rebranding this week, guys. Um, the old podcast can't come to the phone right now. Uh, why? Because it's dead. That's right. This is 100% a Taylor Swift's Reputation fan cast. Cody, Cody. From all the, the way no. from Ready For It no. to New Year's Eve, we're breaking down every track, top to bottom. We're going to talk about influence. Synth pop? That's pretty cool. Uh, Cody, You know, hey. what's your take? Thanks, boys. Cody, um, we literally just recorded the monologue. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we. I kind of talked about Pulp Fiction a lot. There. I think that I think that there are elements of Taylor Swift that are pulpy. Um, mm-hmm. I think she is a soft, very moist, shapeless and soft, mass, shapeless mass, um, exactly. and I think that she. No, <laughs> I don't enjoy that. that you can at all. print her lyrics on uh, cheap, thin newspaper. You uh, can. She releases a special magazine version. Hey, there of you her go. Album. Um, yeah, so wait, with like lurid that? materials. Yeah, should she release a special magazine edition of her album, Chad? Oh I don't think that God. that's um, true. How would you listen to it? Oh, is it like Chad, the? Uh, it's wait. It's right over there. You, you, it's, it's, it's in my apartment. I'm looking at it right now. And it's, it's a magazine, but like the CD is like you can you, take it t- out. Oh, okay. I was picturing the Arrested Development. Uh, like my name is Judge, but it's like <laughs> each page is a Taylor Swift. Song. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it's kind of that. Uh, what the what the audience doesn't know is that uh, Best Pictures is now gone visual. Um, uh-huh. Amongst the three of us, we have a uh, webcam set up that probably won't right. fuck with our recording equipment, but <laughs> we <laughs> hope no. So now when we say we're looking into each other's eyes, we truly will be. And so I want both of you boys to look into uh, my eyes and tell me your favorite Tay track, you know? Just hit me with them. Um, um, my favorite Tay track is Chocolate Rain by Tay Zonde. Fuck, you got me. Okay, I can't well, top all that. right. There's no. Yeah, no. I can't even, Sorry, okay. shit. I should have let Chad go first. I was gonna go for like a deep cut Taylor Swift. Like, Back our, to our, our song um, would Dear be, John. Our song wouldn't be funny anymore. No, after no, no. Dear, you know. So, um, thanks, Mark. Okay, 
Hey, just edit it and, and put them in the right order. Yeah, just put your joke in post. Um, so this is Best Pictures. We're not going to be a Taylor Swift fan cast Thank because God. I tried to convince both the boys and they would not let me. I haven't even touched that album yet. Um, it um, it instead is a movie where we try and figure out the uh, best uh, movies for every year we've been alive. It's a podcast. And it's not a movie. It is as good as a movie, but following correct. your rules, mm-hmm. it is still an audio yes. format podcast. Yeah, it, it's still a podcast. Yeah. Um, and so this if you f- miniseries... If you think about it... It's more no, like it's an not. audible cinematic <laughs> journey. So, unfortunately, we're not actually a Taylor Swift podcast. We are a film podcast. That's mm. right. Fancy boys talking about film. I prefer the term cinema. Cinema. I prefer, I prefer the term moving picture. Talky, even. Talkies. Mm. Um, and so, the way this podcast works is we each pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive and this current year is 1994 but before we do that we're gonna take it to 2017 and talk about some recent stuff we've watched so what do you guys want to talk about first uh well this weekend i saw murder on the orient express which was so did i and so did i yeah what did you guys I don't think? know what that i liked was. it it's you know it's fun seeing a movie that's just like a fucking murder mystery mm-hmm. yeah i i miss that like it's it's fun to not I always talk about how I like movies that are low stakes and this one was like super fucking low stakes. It was just like someone died, who did it? Which is fun. And like the main character is weird. This is basically a fucking Sherlock Holmes movie, except instead of Sherlock being it's um O C nope, you know it's just a Sherlock Holmes movie. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, uh I, it's like Steve Martin's uh no, Pink it's Panther. Not. <laughs> it's not I, I saw I the saw your the difference is that Pink Panther is a comedy and yeah. this is a but movie, I don't know. He wouldn't it's have had comedy, to change though. his performance much for it to function as a comedy either, because he was just there, like, yeah, no, agreed. Ball. But but the the tone of the movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there were moments they definitely played for comedy. I don't oh, know. No, agreed. You can you can have funny moments in a movie that isn't a comedy. Right, right, right. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was as ridiculous as Steve Martin in the Pink Panther. No, thing. absolutely not. The cheeseburger scene in that is enough to like, cheeseburger. I would like to buy that burger. Hamburger, oh, right. right? I haven't, I haven't actually seen the Pink Panther because why would I? Well, that was in Me the either. trailer from 2004, and I don't know why. I'm I sorry that. that I don't remember a trailer from 13 years ago. I liked Murder on the Orient Express um, because it truly felt like a movie that doesn't really get made anymore. Yeah. Um, it's like it's mid-level budget. You know, it's not a small indie budget. It's not a huge blockbuster budget. It's just small movie, and it's like. It does some interesting visual things. It's got a weird, kooky cast of characters. It is very hammy, but like that's the point of it, very much mm-hmm. so. I uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a good like watch it with your parents movie. Truly, um, it's what a I, good Christmas what, time. What's what is the family gonna go see in the theaters? Oh, I don't yeah, want to show sure. them anything yeah. else. Let's go see this kind of movie. Like if I can somehow miraculously convince my, my family to go see a movie on Thanksgiving, I'll, I'll pitch this one to them. Not Daddy's yeah. Home. N- not no. Daddy's Home. Mm. Um, no because chance. Daddy will will probably want to stay home if I pitch Daddy's Home. Uh. Right. Um. Yeah. Let's Here's what I was gonna say Daddy's about home. the thing that I don't like about Murder on the Orient. The the movie that we were talking about. Yep. <laughs> Is that uh, at times it feels like like the end of the movie, especially like left Poirot with a moral quandary, and I was like, I don't give a fuck about your moral quandary, Poirot. I think Poirot. the books are structured like that, though, but mm-hmm. I don't know because I've never read a book in my whole life, so I don't know how they work. I think I read this book a long time ago. I have the book. 
but oh. I did not remember the ending being like that. Um, well, we're not going to yeah. spoil it for our friends. But I actually, right. Uh, like right before that happened, I was like, oh, it's this kind of ending. I guess this was like, uh, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> off like we're not working on spoiling it for people, but like. Right. It was. It was. I didn't know the ending, but I the it, I it felt familiar. Yeah. Um. I liked it. I liked mm. the ending. I think the ending. Oh yeah, so Kind of saved the movie for me in a way. You know what? I actually don't like the ending. I changed my mind. <laughs> oh no no! I, I like the I like the twist that it did, but the twist yeah. set up for the part that I don't like. Well, this is very fun for people who have not seen it. For sure. just to talk in vague terms, I'm yep. like I like. Spoiler. Um, so let's talk about another movie that came out. Uh, Mark, you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, so I saw Daddy's Home 2 this weekend. No. Oh. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I saw Bad Mom's Christmas this weekend. No. no. <laughs> the no. same Shit. sequel. <laughs> um, it, it for real is. It, what if the, the same Bad movie? Moms had Bad Moms? It's the Around same Christmas movie. Christmas time. What if they... Do you think Daddy's Home 3 and Bad Moms 3 is the same movie? Like, it's a crossover event where the Bad Moms meet the daddies? Let's hope so. Yeah, that would be fucking great. I would see that Ho- one. Hold That's on. One I have I to call see. Hollywood. We could call them... We could call them... <laughs> bring, uh, bring, bring, bring. Hello? Hollywood? Oh, uh, yes? George, fuck off. Look, I... Don't make a lot fuck of Fuck off. Anymore. I hung up. Hang up? <laughs> That's the noise phones That's, make when yeah, I hang up. Hang up? Yeah. Um, but I do like this pitch for um, Baddie's Home 2. <laughs> Baddie's Home 3. <laughs> Baddie's Home Mom 3. Um, Baddie's Mom Home. Right. No, Jeez. we'll work out that title. I can we really talk about, can we for real? I yes. don't want you guys to make these jokes about these bad movies anymore. Let's talk about <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Let, let's. It's a very good movie. What hey, if I have I... a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Where was Sam Neill? Um, he played the th- the Odin actor. Yeah, actor I didn't. Odin. I didn't catch that either. I read about it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was too distracted by Matt Damon. Mark, <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that is that Matt Damon? Mark is making a reference to when he shit on Sam Neill's career for playing a bit part in Thor Ragnarok when Look, we talked about Jurassic Park. All I'm it's saying, still available if you want to listen to that episode. All I'm saying is when I was like, oh, finally Thor or Sam Neill's having like a He's getting his career back together. Going to be in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Didn't fucking see him. Yeah, he's in a, a split, uh, like one frame. Yeah. Um. So so let's let's do our non Sam Neil thoughts on Thor Ragnarok. Um. What if I just had a really strong opinion and was like, I hate this movie? Would you guys believe? I. Me? I mean, Cancel I wouldn't the because you told me you told me earlier that you don't hate this movie. So. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, why do you boys love it? Uh, it was very funny, and it was like one of the more—I I think it's one of the more bold Marvel movies, but not in the sense that it was like just out there and weird. Like people say, Guardians of the Galaxy is super bold. It's more bold in that, like, it's a game changer for like the character of Thor and like really a lot of things moving forward. Like nothing's ever going to be the same in more ways than one mm-hmm. after this movie, and I like Wait. that a lot. In what ways? Well, we can't talk about it because those are definitely spoilers. Oh, I just <laughs> it's I, obvious the things I'm talking about. I mean, so I think that at the end of Iron Man three, things will never be the same. Iron Man is short of suits. What's going to happen? How is and that going to? He he had suits in the next. And then he well, has suits again. Yeah, but it's there the there are certain things that happen in this that can't be undone in the same way. All right. So I think that it will 
the events of Thor Ragnarok will be referenced in Avengers, but it won't be like, oh my goodness, not only is the Infinity War happening, but we have to deal with this Thor Ragnarok stuff. I think it'll be like, Thor, what's going on? He's like, oh, I got all this no, shit No, because the Thor on, Ragnarok stuff it. already happened. It's just changed, like, Thor as a character, and, like, it's changed things. Yeah. It did. It, it, <laughs> I don't have to changes, defend this. It changes Thor's character, but, like, it isn't like it is like a shape it like it doesn't like shift the axis of the marvel universe in the same way that like maybe i think civil, civil war, war changed yeah. it a whole lot more it civil yeah. war ends the avengers i like the colors the, the colors i want to talk great. i want to talk uh, there's blue and there's pink and there's green there's lots of colors that's what i want to talk about it i was neon the neon I was really it. good and i liked hulk yeah. he was funny I like he's he's green and he's silly. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever wanted to see a Hulk butt? Go to see Thor <laughs> Ragnarok. That should have been the fucking tagline. Was like, hey, you want to see a butt? We got a, a Hulk one. <laughs> it's a Hulk <laughs> of a butt. I don't know what that was. Um, um, what I was gonna say is it was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> it had some good goofs. It had some it great. Was pre- goofs. It was pretty funny. It, it, it made it made me chuckle. I thought it it was gonna annoy me in the way like some of the Age of Ultron jokes super annoy me, or even Guardians Two to a degree uh, annoyed me with the jokes. But it didn't. It was very character based humor. Characters said things that made sense to them. They weren't just like joke machines, not speaking to themselves. So I super appreciated it because of that. Like I thought it worked very well, and also like the action scenes were cool. They weren't. Um, they did some different stuff with like because we've seen Thor fight five times now, and so we mm-hmm. see him fight in some different ways, which is cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a good movie. If you don't like Marvel stuff, there's part of me that would say, "Hey, go watch this because it's going to change your mind." It honestly, at this point, that, like, I don't think it will. If you know how a Marvel movie is structured, then you're not going to be like the the plot of this movie is no like there are no twists and turns. I didn't kind of see coming right it but Um, it's stylistic and the humor is what sets it apart basically like what the the things that i like about marvel movies now aren't the plot not that the plot is bad but like the plot is like it's a marvel plot but the things it like marvel is just like making a playground to play in it's like here are some characters and the basic plot and have some fucking fun with it and I like that. I know a lot of people are like, you know, it, it's kind of more of the same. Yeah, well, when the same's good, like, I'm not that mad at it. I like I like it, too. I don't think it's, like, groundbreaking. I don't think it's, like, the best movie of the year. But it's no. fucking fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I, need, I need these movies to balance out some of the other movies I watch, you know? Like, I need, yeah. like, these good palate cleansers. Um, this coming up Friday, we're going to watch Justice League. So mm. uh, talk about mm-hmm. fun. Just uh, watched Man of Steel. I, I sent both of you the tweet where they compared the costumes for the Amazons from Wonder Woman to oh Justice League. Yeah. It's bad. And I think it's just a representation of what's going to be wrong with this movie. Basically, it got a lot skimpier and like uh, more skin showing. Yeah, and for sure. Hey, Mark, it seems like you want to talk based on your sad face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was. Uh, we were talking before we started recording about how I just finished watching Man of Steel and mm-hmm. I was like, I think Man of Steel would be good with a different director. Like, there is so much fucking testosterone in that movie. It is yeah, insane. Dog. That's what he does um, well. And that's why I think uh, 300 is 
uh, Zack Snyder's best movie is because it's like a movie about testosterone and like his tone works for that movie. Yeah, but it's about a movie. How, it's a movie about how good, te- like how testosterone is the fucking best thing in the world. Depends and you on have the more lens. Of it. Depends on and the lens you, you watch be, it. <laughs> you should be released into the wild to die if you don't have enough testosterone. With us. 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 Yes. We, we would be oh, okay. thrown to us. die. Yeah, it, it mean, would be us. I see it, it as like it's showing this like this culture that believes that. Yeah, but, but sure. I don't but think it's like claiming so that cool it's true it, for us, though. But I'm not here to culture, defend 300. It's a subpar. It's a C plus movie. Um, it is like a C movie. It's a C plus. Um, it shows that culture, but it's like this culture is fucking awesome. It's better than all the other cultures around because they're better at fighting and they were brave and they beat the bad guys and all of them died, but it was okay because they're men and being a man is what matters. That's true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> not true, Chad. Um, hey, Incorrect. What? Cody. Hey, what speaking movie, of what being movie a man, <laughs> what are we talking about this week? Yeah, hey, so Chad, it was your pick this week. So uh what what do you want? What what movie did you pick? Um I mean, we talked about it in the monologue, but yeah, uh we hit did. it for us. Uh it's been a while since we've talked about it though. Um I picked Pulp Fiction. Uh uh-huh. my favorite uh <laughs> Orange Juice joke movie. Um, no, uh, I love Pulp Fiction. It's a great movie. It's Quentin Tarantino's second movie. Um, after Reservoir Dogs, setting himself up to be a crime filmmaker, and I think this movie is much better than Reservoir Dogs. Uh, pretty close to a masterpiece, but he goes on to make one movie that's better than this. Reservoir Dogs is a weird movie because it's like a, like the second and third. Well, no, basically the whole movie is like a fucking bottle episode. Yep. Also, Reservoir Dogs should have been a play. Um, it very much feels like a play. Yeah, I mean, it's one set. Yeah. Um. So, Chad, you've obviously seen Pulp Fiction before. Do you remember when you first saw it? I was trying to remember because I knew you were going to ask me, and I think it was like senior year of high school that I saw it for the first time. That seems was, right. That's yeah. when I watched it for the first time. I think that's when most people watched it for the first time. Our that's age. when people first discover movies can be things. Yeah. And so that's why people claim this is their favorite a lot of times. Right. Um, I first watched this freshman year of college, which was that time for me. Yes. Um, I feel like the first five times that I watched this, someone decided to put it on at 1130 at night. Yeah. Which is like fucking strap in. I yeah. long ass movie. <laughs> I've watched this movie. I think for this podcast was the fourth time I've watched it. But the middle two times I fell asleep hard because of the exact same thing where someone decided to start it at like midnight. And of course, I'm I not have seen awake. Right. I have seen it a lot and always forget. Like I get through parts of it and then I'm like, oh, sh- there's still things happening. What's So the whole structure of the movie, right, is it's like mm-hmm. three stories told in a row kind of right and they um, separated yeah. into four parts but it is three stories one of them just yeah has, like, it's it's three stories and like some heads. of the stories are broken up into two parts or whatever um but like i think the reason that like it's so easy to fall asleep in this movie isn't because it's boring because it isn't it's oh. a, like a very interesting movie and like it draws you in but like it'll wrap up a whole story and you'll be like all right we're done oh it's, god damn it yeah. there's another story it's it's also very easy to fall asleep in because like one of the things that help 
people fall asleep is just constant talking. Like I listen to a podcast that like will purposely make me go to sleep sometimes. And the whole point of it is like, he literally doesn't like stop talking and that's this movie. So like, if you're already tired, you lay your head down. It's just like constant drone that makes you like fall asleep. So what's like, weird I is I, I can't tell fall asleep if anybody's talking. Really? I have yeah. to have noise to fall asleep. No, I, I, I have to listen to every word that's being said. Ah, interesting. Do you guys think someone's falling asleep listening to us right now? Wake I up! I hope not. Well, yeah, wake up, idiot. Listen to us hey, say shit. Hey! We're talking about Pulp Fiction. Wake up! It's the best guys, movie in 1994. Guys, wake shh, up. Shh, shh, it's fine. It's fine if someone listens to us go, falling asleep. Go back to sleep. Turn us back on in the morning. Right. Hey, wake up! <laughs> wake up, it's morning now. <laughs> Um, so let, let, let's get into this movie. So like Mark said, it's, it's broken into a bunch of different sections. So we're going to tackle it section by section. Um, so it starts off with, uh, what's called the prelude to Vincent Vegas and Marcella Wallace's wife. Um, not, not Vincent Vegas, Vincent Vega. I said Vega, idiot. Um, you said Vegas. Okay, maybe I'm the idiot. Um, so Jules, played by Samuel Jackson, and Vincent, played by John Travolta, they're two hitmen sent to retrieve a mysterious briefcase from a guy named Brett. Um, he's not super relevant, but he's got a name. Um, he's uh, on behalf of their boss, Marcellus Wallace. Um, on the way, they talk about burgers, Big Kahuna burgers, the Royale with cheese, etc. La Big Mac. La, La Big Mac. Um, once they get to Brett's apartment, uh, Vincent finds this briefcase, and Jules gives a biblical speech, uh, supposedly from Ezekiel. It's not actually in the Bible. Um, Wait, he then is, kills is it, is Brett. That not a, is that not a real Bible it's reference? Like, it's no. like so. the The end of that is from that Ezekiel verse, and the rest of it is kind of like spliced together Bible talk. Got the it. The first of it is actually like the opening monologue of a different movie Tarantino likes. Yeah. Um, See, so, so this movie I, is full of that kind of shit where I it's just never, full of... St- never thought to look up the verse that he says it's from and, uh, yeah, never realized that that was not the actual reference. Um, Chad, for those of you who don't know, hates the Bible. Yeah, I love so the Lord take. and his word. Well, <laughs> um, so... Uh, um, they, um, so Jules giving this biblical speech, um, but then he kills Brett and one of Brett's friends. Um, they do some activities we don't see in the movie till later. So we'll get to those later. Um, they take the briefcase to Marcel or Marcellus. Um, but they've got to wait because Wallace is well, talking to a boxer asking him to take a dive. Can we just uh, finish? Can we, can we talk about what happens between, I don't think we have to go in the order that the movie goes. Um, uh, following the chronological order is very confusing. Well, no, so, it's it's pretty easy. Not for me. Not based after, on after after they after they leave Brett's apartment, they get in the car with the one guy that they left alive, and they're driving back to Marcellus, and they shoot the fucking guy in the head. Yeah, his name's uh, Marvin. Marvin. Yeah, they shoot Marvin in the head on accident. They're just like talking, and John Travolta's waving the gun around and shoots him in the fucking face. Yep. Uh, and they have to like go to one of their friends' house to figure out how to clean the we, car. We uh, we kind of skipped over the part where uh, Brett's friend comes out of the bathroom just shooting bullets rapidly yeah, at Vincent and uh, Jules, um, and just misses them. Like I think it's five shots go off, and every single one misses them. And then which um, Jules calls divine intervention, right? 
and that kind of like changes his uh, whole outlook on things. Yep. So, so they've shot Marvin in the face. They've got to clean the car. They take him to Tarantino, who says the N word for like six minutes. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's let's really unpack this scene. Yeah. Let's let's pause here. <laughs> um. So Quentin Tarantino Why? wrote and directed this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. He also um, cast the movie. Yep. Yep. He picked the role he wanted to play. Yep. Yep. What role did he pick? The, the one, one where he could say the N word. The one where he gets to say yeah. the N word. Yeah. And here's here's another thing. I don't know if you guys uh, read fan theories. Not extensively, no. no but and I fucking hate them most of the time. Okay, so, so loves well, doing here's this to here's me. my fan theory. I think other people have talked about this too. I don't even remember if I came up with the idea or read it. But uh, he talks about feet a lot in this movie. Foot massages. Yeah. A lot uh-huh. of shots of feet. Yeah, yes. so later so, later on in his career, Quentin Tarantino writes the movie Robert Rodriguez directs uh, from Dusk Till Dawn, in which mm-hmm. he gets to put a foot in his mouth. Uh, yes. Basically, uh, was, it seems like Quentin Tarantino is the kind of guy to write the type of characters to just give him the gratification of his life because it seems like he's got a foot fetish and then he writes a character that puts a foot in his mouth and then it seems like uh, he really wants he to He wrote say a the character N-word. that's racist and says the N word. Yeah, and he wants to be that one too. Yeah, mm. I don't yeah, That's not a that's not a bad idea for this movie. Like that's it, not um, a bad theory. It's um it's it's interesting cuz he gets a lot of slack for that, right? Especially in his lighter movies. Um right. He very much says like his defense is like that's what these characters would be saying. Um, I buy that defense for a movie like Django. Yeah, I do too. Does not work in this His movie. Character is the only one that's saying it this much. Yes, and he says like I don't. It, it it's kind of bizarre. And also, somebody should have told Tarantino he's not a good actor. Um, he shows up in a lot of his movies, and he's not good. He's fine in this. I don't know. He's probably he, he's like the weakest performance in the movie, but like it's right. a pretty solid movie. His role is like a guy who doesn't want these people to be there because he's afraid his wife will get mad about something or other. Yeah, um, it's, and it's like he's he does all right. I think he does pretty good. He's a little whiny, but like he plays a whiny guy. That's just his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so so they're at this apartment. Quentin Tarantino is like, my wife's about to come home. So they have a professional cleaner called the Wolf uh, come in and help them clean the car. And they basically clean the car and get rid of the car. Um, and that's that's it for that section. Um, but then, because Mark wants us to go chronologically, which is a very confusing to me. Wait. Now, is it? Yeah, this would be chronological. So now it's. Uh, now they drop off the briefcase to yes. Wong. No, 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 no. They got to no, go to the diner. Why the did diner. they stop yeah. at the diner after killing a guy? And they because they're the... hungry. They've been out all day and they just went through a very stressful situation. Mark truly made this difficult for me. Okay, so, so they go now to the we, diner. So now we go to the parts that bookend the movie, right? And it's the prologue and the epilogue. Yeah, Mark fucked this up royally. So if you guys no, have I... a hard time following it, it is because of Mark. You're Blame welcome. him. You are um, very welcome. So they're at a diner, uh, Jules and Vega are and Jules is like talking to Vega and he's like I want to give up my life of crime this divine intervention happened I don't want to be a criminal anymore um, and then elsewhere in the restaurant these two characters called Honey Bunny and Pumpkin uh, decide that they want to rob the joint so they start mm-hmm. robbing they, they decide to rob the joint because it's easier than banks because there aren't security guards at restaurants and right. they have a fuck right. ton of cash 
Um, and then there's a Mexican standoff between Jules and Vega and Honey Bunny and Pumpkin. Eventually, Jules is just like, hey, you know what? Crime is life, man. And, you know, he he's kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. And he lets him go and take his money mm-hmm. as long as they don't take the briefcase because they had gone through a bunch of shit to get the briefcase. Yeah. Um. So, so that happens. That's the bookend. Blah blah blah. Also, then they, Samuel Jackson has a wallet that says "Bad Motherfucker." It's a very yep. good wallet. It's a great wallet. It's a very good wallet. But like, which I'm sure you can buy at Hot Topics everywhere and Spencer's Gifts. For me to buy that wallet though is to don't. accept that I'm a film bro and I don't want to yes, do that. Don't do it. Um, for me to buy that wallet has to would be for me to accept that I'm a bad motherfucker, which mm. I don't think is accurate. I think you're a for, bad motherfucker. For me well, to buy time. that wallet would be for me to realize that my investment in a wallet phone case was a bad idea, <laughs> and I don't want to live that kind of life. Yeah, sometimes you're gonna stay in denial. Yeah. Um, also, so af- my mother and father-in-law uh, bought me this wallet, and if they like ever saw me using a different wallet and it said the F word on it, they'd probably be upset. They would, they would ask why you have a new wallet, and you'd be like, well, my old one was bad, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. so they drop the briefcase off, off and um, it's the next day. Vincent, he's going to buy some heroin. Then he goes to hang out with Mia Wallace because Marcellus asked him to show her a good time. Yeah. So and Mia he's Wallace. Been, he's been worried about this. He's been talking about it in the other scenes he's in with uh, other characters like... Because there's this rumor that Marcellus Wallace threw some guy out a window for massaging his wife's feet. Now, mm-hmm. what's so big of a deal about massaging feet? It's just a foot massage. Feet aren't like sexual or anything, are they? Unless, if you're Quentin Tarantino, I think so. Yep. There is. There are three conversations in this movie about whether or not feet are sexual. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't. I'll be completely honest. I I mean, people live in your truth, and if it's a thing you like, you know, like it. But I felt uncomfortable. But I think it's because we saw a man put his fetish on screen. You know what I mean? Like, we we know that's what he's super into. Like, if he's into it, that's fine. I just, like, him talking about it Mm -hmm. so much is, like, it also He's, like, forcing it on the audience and, like, these close-up shots on feet and... Yeah, there's a lot of close-ups. I almost, shots. I almost like don't really mind close-ups on feet for the most part. But like th- this whole thing is him being like, "Hey, it's normal to think that feet are sexual. I'm not right. the weird one here. You're the weird one. Hey, Everyone would have done." I this. feel like I feel like we're going down the slippery slope of kink shaming. No, I mean. <sighs> Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said if if it's yeah. what he likes, it's what he's like. The, the like that's not a huge deal. It's just like making a movie as an excuse to hide that is like kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's not even it's... hiding it. It's just like he is like I what I so I was saying I don't mind shots of feet because if you think that's hot, that's hot, and just shoot it. But don't be like. This is why I'm doing it. It's it's because I think yeah, it's sexual, good point. and I and you also think it's sexual. You just don't know it yet. He overexplains like why he, he, he does really things within the movie. It. If he had yeah. just been like, uh, he threw him off a balcony because he massaged his feet. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then like debating about whether or not it's all right to throw someone off a balcony for you know like doing something mildly inappropriate. But like right. the debate isn't whether or not it's okay to throw him off the balcony. The debate is whether or not it was mildly inappropriate. Right. right. Um, so Marcellus asked Vincent to, um, show me a g- 
good time. It's gross. I don't know. It's weird. Like, yeah, Moiselis is like leaving town and doesn't want his girlfriend to be lonely or something. Life. It feels gross uh, because like I, if it was just like Vincent and me are friends and they're hanging out, it wouldn't feel that gross to me. But the fact that Marcellus is like, hey, babysit my adult wife is weird, right? Here's the other thing though. Like if me, me and Cody are friends, right? Yes. If, if you were like, hey, I'm going to be out of town this weekend. Take Olivia, my fiance, and like show her a good time. I'd be like, Mm-mm. I will, like that's. It's a weird thing to ask someone to sh- like. If I've right. been like, it's not weird for me to be like, hey, Cody, me and Olivia are gonna go see a movie tomorrow. Is like, yeah, I would be like, I don't give that, a fuck. That's fine. Do but like you being mm-hmm. like, hey, go see a movie with Olivia. I'd be like, I'm gonna do my own fucking thing, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it, it it truly feels like babysitting. I I think that's why it feels like so weird because yeah, it's. it's because just hang Marcellus, out. Marcellus is like his boss, and he's like asking him to do that. It feels like mm-hmm. like he's forcing him to. It's. I think it just he doesn't trust weird. her, and he wants uh, Vincent to keep his eyes on her. So she I think he doesn't trouble. trust Vincent, and I think he wants to test Vincent. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little of this. Maybe it's a little of that. That's a theory I just just came off the dome just now. Yeah. So me and Vega go. They go to a fifties themed diner. You've got Buddy Holly. You've got Elvis. You've got all the and the, like. It looks like a drive-in. It's the coolest restaurant I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I want to go. They got a well, hey, tw- twist contest every day. Quick question. Okay, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about it probably more when we get to our best picture for this year, Forrest Gump. But the, Bubba Gump is a licensed restaurant that yeah. spun out of Forrest Gump. Yes. Why are there no Jackrabbit Slim licensed restaurants? Um, because people are stupid and they franchise <laughs> the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, they don't want money, I guess. Because Tarantino doesn't isn't in it for the cash grab. He considers himself like an artist who's above that. Meanwhile, Zemeckis is like, "What? You said money? Sure." But like, I would go to a Jackrabbit Slim. Like, oh it's yeah, the so coolest shit. Like, I it's yeah, the coolest restaurant know. ever. Yeah. Did, so here's. Did you guys realize that, um, oh, where was it? Um, the person playing Bob Dylan, or sorry, Bobby, nope. Buddy Holly. <laughs> Bob Dylan was not in that, yeah. Sorry, Buddy the Holly. person playing Buddy Holly, did you recognize him? I no. know I know who it is, but I did not recognize him with it. Yeah, it's Steve Buscemi. It, it really it? doesn't look like yeah. him. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, he, yeah. he had been in Reservoir Dogs, and he was like, hey, Quentin, let me be in your next thing. This is my, this is my Steve Buscemi reference, or voice. Right, and apparently he was going to be in a different scene, but like he was like cast in something else and didn't have time, so they had him like shoot that in like two seconds, basically. Mm, um, it's weird. So, so they do. There's a twist contest. Vega and uh, Mia win, of course. Pretty they, um, iconic scene. I feel like I see this like image of them twisting everywhere yeah. in pop, cult- yeah, pop this, culture. Yeah, this to me is like as. Like so, the whole the whole date or whatever had been kind of awkward up to this moment, and then they do this twist, and it's like, like not sexual, but it's like intimate to some extent. They're like dancing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really long, but after this, it cuts to them going home together, mm-hmm. seemingly right. in much better spirits. Yeah, they're dancing about... together at home, and they're very close yeah. to each other. Um, can we talk about this? So John Travolta. Of course, we know him best from Greece and Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. I was in a real like career slump leading up to this. Like his main source of income was like look who's talking to. Um All right. So, so like not a not a small movie per se, but like 
not, not a, a huge movie. movie that's taken seriously. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people see this film as like a reference to Saturday Night Fever and John Travolta's past. Quentin Tarantino Sex. claims that this this scene is a reference to a Jean-Luc Godard film. Uh, which seems like bullshit, if you ask me. <laughs> right, and also the Saturday Night Fever seems like bullshit because that movie's about the seventies. Grease no, would be the best, like, yeah, thing. Grease, sure, but like, you have a an actor who's famous for being a dancing person. Yeah, I guess dancing so, yeah. for an extended period of time. Yeah, maybe, or he just wanted a dancing scene. It feels like a stretch to claim it was a reference for John Travolta because, like, I don't, you know. Yeah, Tarantino claims that the scene had been playing since before they cast John Travolta. Right. Yeah, it definitely kind of feels like it. So, um, so, so like th- they probably would have done this scene even if um, someone else had been cast as John Travolta. Right. Um, I don't know someone like, for example, I'm scrolling up. Uh, no, Mark. Like don't Michael tell Madsen? us. We want to play. We want to play this game at the end. No, let's let's just play it just for him. Just a little okay. teaser. Okay. Um. Fine. So someone like Michael Madsen, who played. Or Vic was Vega he... in Reservoir Dogs. Right. Um, um, he couldn't sense. do it. He was in Wyatt Earp at the time. Um, oh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, you know, the rapist, he yep. wanted um, he wanted fuck Daniel Day-Lewis to be here. That's a weird choice, so Daniel fuck Day-Lewis. Harvey Weinstein for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yeah. Mostly this, a... though, probably, right? <laughs> yeah, most, <laughs> mostly the Daniel Day-Lewis thing, really. Um, no. Um... Daniel Day Lewis. This would not be a movie he would be in. I he has he ever played funny? Has he's he ever a little bit funny in Gangs in New York? Okay, I'm trying to. Yeah, I I just don't. He's know his demography that well. I guess it's funny how Hardy tries in the final scene of um, <laughs> uh, what's that very bad Paul Thomas Anderson movie? I can't think of the name of it. There will uh, be there will blood. be blood. When he talks about milkshakes, it's really funny how bad of an actor he is. Drag him, Chad. I already drag, know the backlash I'm going to get for that, but it's a bad movie. Um, so, so, so they go back to Mia's house, right? And mm-hmm. she accidentally overdoses on the heroin that mm-hmm. um, Vega had because she thought it was cocaine. So she like yeah. snorts it, gets fucked so up. So he's like in the um, bathroom talking himself down from trying to have sex with her. <laughs> he's like, yeah. we'll have one drink, then yeah. go home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it, she's like coming to us and like freaking out and shit like that. And so mm-hmm. Vega rushes her to his drug dealer's house um, and they revive her with an adrenaline shot to the heart. And he like stabs it. It's dramatic. She wakes up. The drug dealer is just like Big Lebowski, even though Big Lebowski hasn't come out yet. Um, it's Eric Stoltz, who was who is most famous for not being in Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know anything else about Eric Stoltz other than he was supposed to be Marty McFly and got cut at the last second. God, that sucks. Can you imagine? It truly does. Okay, so after this, um, you know, it is the boxing match, right? That um, Butch is supposed to... Um, he's he's supposed to throw it. He's supposed to lose it. But before, we see a flashback scene where Christopher Walken talks to a kid about a watch that has been in this boy's family forever. Oh, and it's that... been in his bo- this boy's family, all right. Exactly. Apparently there was butt smuggling, and Christopher mm-hmm. Walken was the dad's friend, and he had to butt smuggle the watch as well, and so it's just been in a bunch of butts, and he hands it I to the I hid it away in I've my never... butt. <laughs> I've never understood how funny just the two words butt smuggle sounds <laughs> together. 
It's a very good <laughs> word combo. But smart. Um, but like it's never anything like it's always like hard drugs or something. It's never anything as cute as butt smuggle sounds like, you know? But yeah. smuggle. You never this, butt this smuggle scene- like jelly beans. Right. <laughs> this scene is supposed to be very funny. I don't know. It I think it's it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny. It's Christopher it Walken telling like a nine year old boy, like, I had this watch in my butt because your dad wanted you to have it. That's a funny idea. I think it's a funny idea played super, super serious. Yeah. Yeah, because, which is really interesting to me. Yeah, because like it is serious. Um, it's been in the family. It's yeah. like it's an heirloom, and it's like he d- really genuinely did go through a lot to make sure this boy got it, which is like a serious thing. But it's also just really funny. Like, yeah, it's been in some butts. Yeah. What it's does like, what else does he say, Chad? What else does uh, Christopher Walken say? <sighs> Buttholes. <laughs> Watch. Okay. In my butt. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What, are you, what are you trying okay. to get at me? Okay, Mark, we, we let Chad do our contractual obligation to let him do a walk-in impression for the amount of time that we agreed upon. So now uh, Has it already been it like a full 45 yeah. seconds of Yeah, yeah, yeah. So walk-in. it's banned from the rest of the episode, so oh, I tricked you into nuts. finishing it off. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I This isn't like a podcast-wide thing. It's just a personal thing. I have to make it. I'm walking here reference about Christopher Walken, so there that is. <laughs> or cowbell we check that one yeah. off uh right. anything else in our contracts um, we gotta hit well now that we're on more cowbell we just gotta run through the whole list of uh greatest hits will ferrell snl um remember <laughs> the, one the bathtub remember patriotism uh-huh. day where he wears the speedo yeah yeah um, the, uh, bobby yeah, fisher so where Jeopardy. is he i don't know i don't that's a reference yeah to check the, off suck it trebek okay yeah. cool Your we got all of our references and good jokes um, out okay cool god now we have to go to fucking anchorman because we talked about will ferrell okay oh, good that's point. true you know what hey Sex you know what we'll, we'll milk that was for, a bad choice yeah um, we'll check, save check. that for 2006 or whatever when right. that's my favorite when that's mark's favorite movie oh boy um so so yeah this is like a flashback story kind of like telling you about butch's dad so he you know his family aren't quitters basically is what this whole scene is supposed to represent so they are shitters though (laughs) they are shitters um so butch doesn't do what he's told he he wins the fight um he was supposed to throw it but he wins it and he kills the other fighter in the process which he doesn't realize (laughs) till he's in the cab later which is like oh boy let's talk about the cab it's filmed weird yeah, here's here's my so this the cab. This happens has in other really scenes. Bad CGI behind Hap- it. It happens not, not CGI, in, but like mm, green screen. Yeah, it ha- it's projection. It yeah. happens in every time there's driving, and it is a purposeful reference to like 1930s movies when they. Yeah. Okay, I, I mean, I knew it had to be a purposeful thing. I didn't really notice it in the other scenes. Um, so it's, it's, it's at the beginning them, yeah. when Vincent and Jules are driving and talking about Big Macs and uh, I think the reason with cheese. Yeah, you don't. Royale. You can't tell it as well there because it is um, like in the daytime. But you definitely see it when um, Vega and Mia are driving and stuff like that. There's, it the, definitely the, looks like the projection. So. The thing with um, the Butch scene here as well is that it's like basically from one angle mm-hmm. the whole time, mm-hmm. and um, it's like which, black and white in the back too. And this yeah, one. it's because it's nighttime mm-hmm. and it's just like black and white, super blurry, just kind of bouncing around. Yeah, it, it, it's a stylistic choice. Yeah. Um, I like it, and like it doesn't distract from the scene. Like I'm still in it. Yeah, that that's one of those things where Tarantino is like purpose, like constantly referencing other things in film. Like mm-hmm. uh, so, that's very much a 
thing he does and is doing in this moment. Um, so, so Butch is trying to get out of town with his girlfriend, Fabian. I don't, she's kind of a non-character, which she's sucks. She wants a pot belly, which yeah. is charming, I yeah, guess. Yeah, her accent is like, I don't know. It feels offensive, but I don't Spanish, I think it's a real, South so American. It's not. Yeah, it's like just vaguely racist against something. Right. Um, um, so, their, so, their chemistry together is really good, though. I do like that. And by chemistry, you mean him throwing shit at her because he realizes she didn't back his watch. No, no, no. Before that, like the night before, yeah. I like okay, them together. Okay. I, um, I think that that is Bruce Willis being a really great actor, and she's really good as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so Butch realizes his watch didn't get packed. It's one of the one things he asked Fabian to get for him, but he's super pissed, throws shit, mm-hmm. gets really mad. He is like, fuck, I'm going to go get it. Goes back to his apartment. He hears a toilet flush. Who is it? Yep. Your boy, Vincent Vega, is back. And he's a, we've seen him a lot, so he's probably good. They're going to be buddy-buddy and stuff like that, right? Wrong. Because no. you really have no idea at what point this scene takes place, to some extent. You have to like really think about the chronology of this and be like, oh, this is after everything else. We haven't seen Vic in anything, or Vincent after this at all. Right. Right. And, and so... He gets shot. He gets dead. Vincent. He's dead yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Real dead. Um, so Butch heads back to the hotel, but he happens upon Marcellus randomly on the street and Marcellus sees him and is like, yo, fuck you. And this so like, might ch- be like one of my favorite moments when he, I, I just love the idea of him just happen to walk across the street and then he just turns and he says, motherfucker. And then <laughs> he just gets killed. Have you guys or seen Psycho? Hit, get killed. Psycho. Yes. I've seen yes. Psycho. Oh, it, this is totally a reference to that. Okay, I haven't seen Psycho, but apparently it's a reference to that at some point. Yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense. I didn't talk even me, realize that. <laughs> talk me through how this is a reference to that. Uh, Marion Crane steals money from her boss. She's driving to escape from the town, and then her boss walks right in front of the car. And it's not played for yeah. laughs, but it's like... In this it's movie, like it feels more like it's played for laughs, the way he like reacts to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, that's what it's a reference to. Um, so... <coughs> Marcellus shoots at him. They fight. They both run into a pawn shop. The Worst owner of the pawn shop and his friend, Zed, uh, yeah. kidnap them both. Um, Zed rapes Marcellus. Butch escapes, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to help Marcellus. He does that by killing the owner with a katana that mm-hmm. is conveniently at the uh, pawn shop. And also maybe a reference to Tarantino's later film, Kill Bill. So um, there's like a lot of discussion about the weapon so he like goes through a list of weapons like first mm-hmm. he grabs a hammer and he's like no not this then he grabs what is it a, a baseball, baseball bat? bat and then mm-hmm. he's like no not this and he grabs a chainsaw mm-hmm. and he's like no not this and then grabs a katana and people have a lot of different readings of that people assign different movies to those things um because the chainsaw would be like evil dead or something like that evil probably. dead or texas chainsaw massacre but probably evil dead because that's it like they're all hero weapons of some sort mm-hmm. right what was um, so what would the baseball bat be um i could pull up wikipedia again it was negan it, um right? uh, what? yeah it was a negan it was a reference from, to negan from the walking dead right yeah or uh from uh uh, Steve from Stranger Things. Probably Steve from Stranger Things. Or Archie Andrews from Riverdale. Um, <laughs> Possibly a reference to um, uh, uh, Babe Ruth. Uh, the, the Untouchables, you mean? Or Walking Tall? That's no, what that, Wikipedia has to Ruth. say. Um, okay, what do they say about the Thor? 
the hammer uh, is, uh, is and, <laughs> and by Thor I mean hammer. Right. Holy um, shit, my brain is broken. Uh, the the toolbox murders, which is a movie I haven't seen or heard of, but yeah, um, apparently it's big big enough to possibly influence Tarantino. But a lot of people see this as more like the, the reason he picks the katana is because it's like the uh like the the most pure of revenge things like. I don't know. It's a dumb theory, but a lot of people put a, read a lot of meaning into like him uh, going see, through that. See, I watch this scene and I just think Bruce Willis is thinking, what's the most badass way I can kill this guy? And he yeah, decided so Katana was probably the way to go. I, I think I, Tarantino's I, one of the guys who has a sword in his house. And yeah. he has a Katana in his house. And so he's like, yeah, let's use that. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that this is like kind of Tarantino knows his audience is going to like be a hammer like, oh, fuck a hammer. Fuck yeah. Oh shit! A baseball bat that'll kick even more ass, mm-hmm. uh, and he's just kind of like fucking with his audience and like building up the the like playing with the imagination of the audience. Yeah, and the payoff is good. Yeah, the payoff is great. Uh, and Wallace, uh, so the guy that was raping Wallace, um, Bruce Willis, sort of saves him for Wallace to kill, and he shoots him mm-hmm. with the shotgun, and just watches him bleed out. And what is probably it's disturbing to watch for sure. Did we talk about um, the gimp? No, yeah, there's we just didn't. a random guy in a gimp suit. Yeah, and a I don't know little BTS that was actually Channing Tatum. That's a that's a <laughs> I was that's a of, reference for like not many people. Chad. I yeah. was thinking about so that's a reference to this is the end, right? Yeah, this yes. is the end. Um, I was thinking about when I watched that movie and I was like, oh my god, Channing Tatum is like being funny in this movie. That's so weird. Um, yeah, and then that, in hindsight, like that just makes the most sense. Yeah, it's just like right. his career trajectory was that. Yeah, it's like he knew that he wanted to be like in comedies and like a goofy, mm-hmm. non-self-serious right. person um, super early on. And he just kind of was like, all right, I'm done dancing. Let's let's make jokes. Do we think the rape scene here is played for laughs? Oh, no. I, I don't know. I think it is a little bit. Really? It what always skeeves me out. The music it. and the upbeat music and it's like, I don't know. It, it feels like, it, I don't know. It's more light than I would expect, I guess, is more it's, what I mean. Maybe not a joke. It Maybe a joke isn't the right word, yeah. but it's like. Definitely I played for last. Maybe it's a little lighter than the subject matter should have been handled. But then again, that's Quentin Tarantino and his style yeah. and everything yeah, he does. True, 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 true. I mean, it's, it's the whole movie is, you know, pulpy. It's like, it's just like super violent and it's mm-hmm. violence kind of for the sake of violence. Yeah, yeah. like okay. earlier in the movie, like a guy gets his brains blown out and that is played for laughs. On accident. On accident. Yeah. Like yeah, that is, but like this scene, I get what you're saying that it is like a little light for the subject matter, but at the same mm-hmm. time, the whole movie is kind of like making light of this world and dark things and like, I think that this not is making the light of the things, but. Go ahead, Mark. This is probably the darkest scene of the of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, both in subject matter and in the way it's played. Except for maybe the overdose scene. That's that, and like maybe, but like the, the way overdose drive, scene is a joke. Like yeah, it because is Eric Stoltz like screaming for his little book and the way he crashes his car into the yard. That that's that all is played for laughs. laughs. But like the tension you feel when he's about to stab through her chest to like pump adrenaline into her heart is real and it's like heavy and you're feeling Agreed. the weight that yeah. she'll probably die. But you, you feel the same thing when uh, Butch is tied to that chair and the gimp is just fucking watching him. Yeah. Yeah. 
both of these scenes um, I feel like are these two like climaxes of tension. And then I guess in the diner you kind of get that when everyone's pointing a gun at someone and you're kind of afraid yeah. someone's going to get shot. So yeah. so, so let, let's wrap it up because there's just like a basically a sentence left of what we have. Um, so so Zed's dead, baby. Um, Marcellus lets Butch go because um, just in thanks for like saving him. So as long as Butch leaves town, and he does, him and Fabian leave town, and that is the end of the chronological like order of Pulp Fiction. But all of these are told out of order, so the last actual thing you see is the diner and mm-hmm. the last image of the movie is like um jules and vega leaving the diner right after uh jules was talking about how he's trying to be better yeah so the the movie kind of good mark uh yeah the movie ends with jules deciding to kind of get out of crime and be a more religious person because Mm -hmm. he realizes that like that miracle quote-unquote miracle that happens with, with the bullets missing him he like he's like all right well there's a God who's like watching over me and I don't want to like, so in, in the, in the diner again, he quotes the Bible, but this time like more seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of like just quoting the Bible, cause it sounds like a thing a bad, a, yeah. a badass would say, he's like, like I genuinely think that God will have vengeance on the unjust and I don't yeah. want to be unjust. He's not performing anymore. Like he's not like delivering it in the same way. And he's even like unpacking what it could possibly mean by like talking about, different interpretations of it it's interesting yeah so this this movie uses kind of um vignettes to a degree don't do uh, it maybe, don't don't you dare i'm no, not no I'm not. no I'm no i'm not making a reference i it it has vignettes um it um i would but, but these are more connected so maybe not vignettes i would say that it's not vignettes they're episodic episodic um it's a non-linear yeah. structure do you guys find that interesting in the way, way the story like, I uh, pans out really do like the Bruce Willis, um, the the Butch Golden Watch. I- anything that has like a title, like there's the Golden Watch. There's the Bonnie situation is the name of one yes. of them. All of these function as like their own short films, and they also function as like a uh, service to a larger movie. It's like it's really cool how that works. Which one so, of them, Mark? Yeah, you wanna you wanna tell the research point. So I was just gonna say that um, the 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 concept for the movie in the beginning was like he, Quentin Tarantino wanted to make wanted to do something that authors can do and movie makers really can't, which is tell short stories that involve the same characters um, and kind of have those those short stories like kind of interact yeah. but not really. Um, and I think he does that pretty well. So the the gold watch story was written. Well, so the original concept was. There would be the Gold Watch story, which was written, and then it would, the first concept would, it would be directed by this guy named Roger Avery. Uh, so he wrote that at first, um, and he actually like is given a story credit, but Quentin Tarantino was like, I wanted this to say written and directed by, and I can't have that with you. Um, so he bullied him into giving away his written credit. Cool. Um, yeah, real cool, Quentin. <laughs> but the other storyline was going to be um, what ended up being Reservoir Dogs. Interesting. Um, and then there was a third storyline that they were going to find someone else to write and direct, and then they couldn't find, like, it just never got that far into the process. So it was going to be, like, completely separate stories, basically. With the same character. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. O- originally. Interesting. Well, because Tarantino. Except, 
kind of does that with four rooms later. He does it with Rodriguez and somebody else, uh, two other people who, of course, I don't remember. But right. so he does that concept of just like four and, random stories. And, and four with rooms Grindhouse as well. It's it's kind of the, mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah, Grindhouse is two instead of, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really enjoy either one of those movies. I haven't so, seen either, but they, hadn't, they don't look that great to me. Yeah, so... the thing he figured out worked. I mean, essentially this is kind of one story. He just like chopped and screwed it. Um, It all seems like one story except for the gold watch. That is the one part that does feel completely separate. Um, I like uh, Vincent shows up, but barely and, you know, replace that character with anybody and it completely stands alone. You know, I think that the Jules thing also well, so the gold watch you also see um you see them walk in and deliver the briefcase. Yeah. Um and Jules and Yeah. Uh, or sorry, Vincent and Butch have a conversation at the bar as well. Um but I think that the Mia situation, like uh Jules isn't even in that one. That right. is mm-hmm. just Vincent, um, and no other character crosses over from that other than Vincent. Right. So that they're all they're all pretty separate storylines. Vincent's in all of them, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of the only connection. They don't have like a thematic connection per se. Um, it's just like they happen in the same universe and within the same time range. Mm-hmm. What is what is your favorite and least favorite of these? Probably. Um, so you want me to rank them? Yep. Um, I would say my favorite actually might be the Bruce Willis one. Um, because I think I think that Bruce Willis I think this is like one of my favorite performances of his. I think he's I very think he's, good in it. I think he's really great in this, and I also really love. Oh, that sounds really weird. I I think the rape scene is really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost said I really love rape, which I don't. Right. Um, getting that out there. I'm not Harvey Weinstein. Um, right. Weinstein, but I'm wishing to show him purpose. any respect. Yeah. Um. Right. Uh, after that would probably be, um. I don't love the diner stuff. Yeah. See, I, I was going to say the the second like the the what what we end on that diner scene is my favorite. Really? I would say that's my least favorite. I don't love Tim Roth's character and, huh. and his whole honey bunny dynamic aren't not super interesting to me. My favorite is Vincent and Jules in the beginning, which I know is like kind of the most basic obvious answer, I but was, it is the best to me. I was going to say my that's least, my least favorite. <laughs> My least favorite is the gold watch. Jesus like Christ. so we're my all over the boys, place. Three boys, three's a three opinions. Actually, I take that back. Gold watch is my least favorite, but the yeah. the first one, the first scene is my second to least favorite. I would rank them final diner scene, yeah. uh date. Yeah. Um I don't like the date meet, that much. Meet the boys as they go kill people. Uh-huh. And then uh gold watch. I love them all. I love but like gold watch I'm just like it's, what about Bonnie's situation? Because that one sucks. Oh, opinion. the Bonnie situation. Like uh, are there five? What's yeah. the Bonnie well, situation? So Bonnie's situation is the cleaning the car. R- I, I guess that's tied that in part with of the that's, diner, right? That's, no, it's not. That is it's, tied it's into okay. boys killing, boys going to Brett, and it's tied into the diner. Those are all through the same storyline. It's tied in. It's its own yeah. story, though, guys. Okay. It's called the Bonnie situation. It's all on its own. But the, the Bonnie situation is... Like so, if you the so the the boys going to Brett's mm-hmm. is I its guess, own thing. That that's a it's, that's, it's, I think it's actually a prelude to the date. 
It is weirdly because enough. the because the car mm. thing the, is that the Bonnie situation. Yes, yeah. that starts with the dude in the bathroom listening to them threaten mm. Brett. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, so, it jumps all over the place as the thing, but Bonnie's situation is viewed as its own. I don't like that one very much. I also don't. Like I don't. The I don't yeah. like much. Quentin Tarantino's character in it, but like the gun going off in the car and like scrambling to come up with a solution is all interesting and good. I also I also like Harvey Keitel's character. The wolf. Yeah, I just he's great. The I think my biggest issue with Pulp Fiction, and I do like it. It's it's a very good movie. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's awesome. But if I had like a complaint to levy against it, it's for me personally. I start super interested and stop caring as the movie goes on. The and gold watch is where I stop caring a little bit, but then it bumps back up for the end. See, it it starts with Go Watch for me, then it goes to Bonnie's situation, which I also don't like, then it goes to the diner thing, which is, like, okay, but at that point, I'm like, oh, boy, let's move on. So, like, mm. I, th- I think that's why if I give it any negative knocks, it would be that. But th- but that's also a personal thing. You guys like uh, some of the other sections, yeah. so it I think wouldn't what, do that for you. I what like makes it hard is, is that the gold watch is, like, a hard reset. It's like, all right, all new characters. This is a completely different story. And then it goes back to characters that you know. I think the and other reason scene that you know. I think the other reason I don't love the gold watch thing is because the boxer not throwing the fight he's supposed to, like I don't know, feels such like it's, a tired cliche. It's a cliche, but but so Quentin Tarantino intentionally, all of these are kind of cliches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to an extent, like boss making or hanging out with the boss's wife is a cliche, right? Is it? To an extent, like yeah, fucking the boss's wife is like, uh, I guess. he, he, it's like a. I mean, we don't read pulp novels, right. um, but like Quentin Tarantino was like, I want to have these, um, these kind of cliche scenarios that we've seen happen over and mm-hmm. over again, and I want to see what would happen if they happened in real life, which is like that's what fucking everyone says. Um, but yeah. to but to an extent, like yeah, it, this like, is like Hitman, cliches. Hitmen show cliches. up to shake down a guy that owes boss money. Right. Yeah. You see that a million times. But then they accidentally shoot a guy. Yeah. And then he he like is about to fuck his wife and then like just randomly she does heroin instead of coke. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. It's just like Chad and I took a history TV class and we had to watch this like w- w- it's considered like one of the best TV movies ever made and it's just about a boxer not wanting to lose anymore. You know, I just yeah. like Yeah, it's I, it's Daredevil. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is Daredevil's dad. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It it loses me at points. I think overall it's a very good movie. Um, mm-hmm. Best movie is, of nineteen ninety four. We'll see. Um, it um, I don't know. It um, I don't think it's Tarantino's best movie, but I do think it's Tarantino's most movie. <laughs> if that makes sense, it 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 is the most. It, it, it's like the it's the text that like sets up everything else Tarantino's gonna do. Yeah, yeah. This like. defines him as an artist. What he will always kind of be, some version of this. Like if you ask people to name three things about um, Tarantino, it'll be ultra violent, mm-hmm. nonlinear storylines, and the N word. And this yep. is all three. <laughs> yep. Um, I so so you know. Um, Mark, would you? So Chad told us that this was his favorite Tarantino movie. Uh, it's, it's would, my, it is my second favorite. 
Okay. Uh, my favorite um, is Inglorious Bastards. I think he like that's just a masterpiece that I think he like accidentally made. Um <laughs> kind of. What's yeah. interesting is Inglorious Bastards is kind of goes back to this nonlinear storytelling, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It's got like a it's got Very like a bunch so. of different um storylines going on that intersect. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it improves um, upon what this movie accomplishes though. Yeah, I think yeah, it and glor- less inwards too. It's a it's a different kind of racism. It's anti-Semitism, but um, it's um, I I think Inglorious is the better movie of this. I think Kill Bill. Um, I like those a lot. Um, but uh, but but it definitely is his like. This is what's going to inform everything about Tarantino and people's perceptions of Tarantino forever. Yeah, is this movie? Um, so what so what are some like overall thoughts? I mean, you know, we've hit on some of them, but like, how does this movie hit you now as opposed to when it hit you the first time? Um, Do things hold up for you? You know, that kind of stuff. So one of the big takeaways of this movie when people saw it in 1994 was like, it was completely fresh because like, as we talked about in the monologue, like it was like a new type, new way of talking in movies. And like it, the story didn't make a lick of sense unless you like thought and like we like we did today figured out what order things go in. Um, like it was barely made. It was almost not made because it was a too violent and b the plot didn't make sense. Um, but like it was a resounding success because it felt so fresh and so like new. And I think to some extent the freshness still holds up. You, you, we still don't see a lot of movies that are like as unchronological as this. Um, oh, well, Nolan does it a lot. Nolan does it a lot, but it's not in the same episodic way. It's yeah. like just flashbacks right. and dreams within or dreams. Or like Memento where it's just all backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, They're easier but, to piece together than this is. Well, this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't made to be pieced together, right. though. Yeah. This is three separate stories. Um, what was I? Oh, I was gonna say that. Like, I think in terms of like, we see movies that's violent all the time now, and yeah. we see this. A lot of people have tried to imitate this kind of conversational dialogue, and mm. it's like a weird mix of conversational, but also like culturally literate and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I think that the movie we talk we watch next week also is innovative in terms of it, the way its dialogue is. And the way it's plot is that there are actually a lot of similarities with, between the two movies. We can talk about that next week. We will talk about it next week. Um, yeah, I think this is a very good movie. It, it's kind of hard for me sometimes because um, I always go into this movie thinking I'm going to be hyper annoyed at it. Um, and then I end up enjoying it a lot. Um, but I always think I'm going to be hyper annoyed by it because it is one of those movies that, like, if you've met anybody who likes film, they're like, oh, yeah, Pulp Fiction's like. Everyone's got that right. fucking Uma Thurma poster, even you, Cody. <laughs> I, tr- I do have it. Like, that's the thing. I really do. So, like, I fall into it sometimes. It's very much the quote unquote, like, film nerd, film bro kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And so there's part of me that sometimes is like, you know what? Fuck that. I bet this movie's bad. But it, it's not. Yeah. It's not a perfect movie, I don't think. And I don't think it's the best movie ever made. But I think it, it holds up more than I thought it would. Um, the, yeah, it, it's pretty good. The thing is, is that this culture of like people being annoying in the way they hate this movie, I mean, the way they would love this movie, happened because the movie is extraordinary and it did like draw in a big crowd it's just it also right. brought in the film bro crowd that can be a little more yeah yeah i, I think mean, that there are a lot of movies that are 
that people like love and they're like dude this movie fucking rules have you seen Shawshank Redemption it's, the fucking <laughs> it's a good movie changing. it's nothing I'm against like, yeah, it it's yeah, just Shawshank like is, Shawshank is yeah. fine and also from 1994 but like Pulp Fiction is as good as the hype is yes um, yeah I, so I, people I, yeah. so like Shawshank people like in a in a in a way that it does not deserve and that annoys me but people like uh, Pulp Fiction in a way that it does deserve mm-hmm mm-hmm so it annoys me a little bit less, Does not to say it doesn't annoy me. Right. Either. I mean, this is going to be a common theme throughout this entire series, is there's going to be movies that, like, the overhype around them annoy me. And so, like, separating myself from that and just, like, uh, watching the movie is going to be key. And so I did that for this and loved it. But, like, yeah, there's definitely lots of other movies that fall on this list of, like, basic bitch bro, like, film bro movies. Is how I would like. I honestly him. think that I have a similar reaction to Lion King, which I'm like Fuck everyone's off. like. No, no, I think that that like, it's it's Fuck not even that like. Love Mark, away. Mark can go. Mark can suck it. Mark can Mark can suck it. Mark can suck it. Mark can Mark can suck. Mark can suck all night tonight. <laughs> Um, but like, Hakuna, I'm a fuck you. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good, Mark. You can't be mad about that. Man, I just can't wait to keep talking. <laughs> okay, sorry, Mark. That was Go. another reference to Lion King. I just can't wait. No, we got it. We know um, Disney. Yeah, we know the best movie ever. Um, what? Everybody <laughs> look left and I will talk right now. Um, <laughs> Mark's in the spotlight. Fucking say what you're going to say. <laughs> It, I, I think that people, I, I a, have a hard time with animated movies uh, because I have I, I have a hard time taking them seriously, and I know that they should be taken seriously. Mark, this may be a hard podcast for you. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Because Cody loves animation. I picked yep. an animated movie from 1995, which felt dirty to me. What's your Why? 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 Uh, no, we're not, we're not going to talk about that now because no spoilers. It, it felt dirty just because I think I have this, like, I have the this, the mindset that everyone gets mad at the people at people for having that like animated movies are for kids, but some of them are good. They're not. They're not for kids. They're they're uh, movies have you that ever are just heard of Sausage made. Party. Wow. Okay. But, but that's like, my 2016 pick. A a a movie, regardless of whether or not it was made for kids, can be a good movie because Star Wars yes. was made for kids. Like you know, it it, it being its intended audience doesn't necessarily like. Div- decide whether or not a movie is good also animation as a genre i think is kind of bullshit because animation isn't a genre it's a it's a style, it's a style. yeah so like anyway. it's like live action isn't a genre we'll talk exactly. about this in six <laughs> i don't weeks, like live action movies i don't like um, live action movies yeah <laughs> anyway they're for adults and i don't they're like for it. adults and i am a child um, so we'll talk sorry, about Mark. this later i don't for, i forget how we even got to this point Okay, so anyway, so yeah, there is kind of that film broness about it, and I do think that taints it for Dang. people who haven't watched it yet trying to get into it. Like, um, <laughs> yes, I said taint, Chad. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, because there's people now who are like our age who haven't gotten around to seeing Pulp Fiction yet, and they're kind of like, man, I don't know, dude. Like, I hate people who love it. So, like, I had off. a friend tell me uh, that she tried to watch this movie for the podcast to keep up with and she was like and i stopped it halfway through because it's not for me and i'm like i get it yeah it it genuinely is like it's i mean the the structure is hard 
to get used to. I think it's easier for me now because like I'm like all right, it's it's episodic. Well, um, I also I also don't think it's the structure. I think it's the language. I think it's the hyper violence. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the stylistic choices. Like there's so many Tarantino is a extra ass director. Yeah. Like Laura, my my wife for those who don't My wife. Um, my wife. My wife. Uh she hates this movie. She thinks it's like really? too much. She thinks it's a lot. So she, she was like uh, glad she would be out of town when it was time for me to watch this movie for the podcast because uh, she didn't want to have to watch it again with me. Yeah, um, I think I that, that I would love to see a breakdown of how girls feel about this movie and how guys feel about this movie because it is kind of a very testosterone movie. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Like blood it, it, and guts and gore and and tits and feet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That that would be interesting to find out. But I mean, I think plenty. Of, I mean, I th- I don't know if the gender breakdown for this movie like is really that binary. Yeah. But you're right that it feels. I mean, it it is all stories about men. Like that yeah. definitely mm-hmm. is a huge part of it. Um, yeah, like uh, the most developed female character is Mia, but like the story where she's on screen is about Vincent. Yeah, and also the name of that section is called Vincent and Marcella Wallace's wife. She doesn't get her own name in it. She doesn't like a, get her name in I didn't even out. realize that, but you're, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know we always get to a point in the podcast where we hit upon this, but like, this I mean, is Cody's it's worth addressing. Corner. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's worth addressing a bit. Um, so so we, we've told you guys how we uh, feel about this movie. We currently have no other contenders for 1994, so I think we've got hey, to decide that this Cody, is the best one. Remember when I wanted to play that game earlier, and you're like, we'll save it till the end? Yeah, let's play the game, Mark. All right. So we like to think about um, who could have been in these movies, right? So, yeah, and, and this Vega is a segment we like to call, what could have been? You really? That's the best title you had? You stopped <laughs> me to make <laughs> to say that title? Well, I mean, this, it, it's a segment. It Thanks. No, don't, yeah, don't bleep, don't it, bleep out. it out. Just edit it out. <laughs> Um, so, so John Travolta was almost replaced by Michael Madsen and Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, the role was obviously written for him. He's great in this. Yeah. Um, let's, let's use this time to talk about the performances as well. So it's not just a game. Sure. Did you guys think that John Travolta was good in this role? Hey, motherfucker had an accent in the beginning of the movie, lost it in the middle, came back for the end. <laughs> it's episodic, Cody. <laughs> but for real, he does, right? Like, he kind of has a weird accent does he not when have he's it talking the about the burger. No. No, homie. <laughs> like, it's it goes in and out. I don't know. John Maybe Travolta he only goes- has it when he's around black people. <laughs> Maybe, honestly. Because there are those people that, like, yes. talk like a gangster yeah. when they're doing... When they're hanging and it's out like, with black people. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. they're like, I, I'm just talking. Like, don't. Um, I so he got nominated for best actor. I don't. I think yeah. he's good in this movie. I don't think he's that. He's not good. breaking I think, any ground here. Like, he's not doing anything someone else couldn't have done. I think Samuel L. Jackson is the best actor in this movie. Yeah, I think he is too. Shot. And his career like exploded after this. Um, yeah. Well, he, he was cast- already in Jurassic Park, which you know. We know how good that is. So. Yeah. Uh, the role was written, was offered to him after Tarantino saw him in True Romance, which okay. Tarantino also wrote. Yeah. Mm. Um, Uma Thurman uh, was, was Mia Wallace. Yeah. Um, what would you guys think of Uma? She's great. I think she's 
she's good. Yeah. Um, in her one scene, she kind of like stills it, and you know, mm-hmm. she's very good in it. Yeah. Um, I I like the thing she said recently on the internet. If you guys haven't seen it, <laughs> wait, what did oh she say on the God. internet? So so somebody like walked up to her and it was like, "Hey Uma, how do you feel about all these sexual assault um, stories?" And she said, uh, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but sh- she said something along the lines of, "I normally." fuck up what I say when I'm too angry and like don't say things as eloquently as I want to and I am too angry right now to speak to you it's about like it. the most like, badass well, no answer I've ever heard and you just like you also see in her face it's a hundred percent true like yeah. she's like 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 stay away like yeah. she will fuck some people up which good do it yes <laughs> like with do a katana it yeah, with that katana. So, like, yeah, it's one of the most badass, like, red carpet things I've seen. Anyway, yeah, she's very good. I wish... I don't know. So, do you think another actress could have done well in this? For example, Holly Hunter? That's a weird Holly one. Hunter would have been a weird... <laughs> was she considered for this? She was. That's Isn't Holly Hunter always Southern? I mean, Tarantino Or am I thinking of someone South. else? No, you're thinking Tarantino of loves Hunter. the South. He mentions Knoxville in every one of his movies. So like casting a southern actress. Well, he's or- he's he's from Knoxville yeah. also, yeah. so that's why. Um, um uh, cuz Holly Hunter is a last girl, right? Yes, yes, she is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just um, trying to make sure I had the right person. So She's the one who a- says grandma's piss in Batman versus Superman. Yep. Maybe? She is. <laughs> she is. Just uh, stress me. <laughs> she so that's a weird choice, right? What about Meg Ryan? Cody is drinking and there's going to be a spit take. Nope, never mind. <laughs> no, uh, I wasn't. That would have been shitty because it would have gotten all over my computer. I can put in like a splash sound effect or something. I can get fun with the editing this week. Um, right. Speaking of splash, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Meg weird. Ryan's not in splash. But okay. Tom Hanks is, and she's in a bunch of Tom Hanks movies. That'd be a um, weird choice. It, it's one that kind of makes sense because she's big, right? She's already yeah. established actress. No, so, no, like, Tom Hanks is big. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off um so so it makes sense like if they wanted to like cast somebody who was already established but i don't think uma thurman really was at this point tarantino she likes had been to go in dangerous liaisons oh yeah um but she wasn't like anyone huge right um okay Did what about Al- alfred woodard who does she play um, oh wait 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 her for that role um yeah, yeah i think it, i think uh, Alfre Woodard is very good. Um, I like her a lot. She's going to be in the new Lion King remind movie. Remind me who she is. So she's y- Chad. You ahead. know her as the. So you know her in Luke Cage as uh, Mariah. The, or in oh, Civil War, okay, also yeah, as Mariah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, in Civil War, she's the one who talks yeah, yeah, to yeah, Tony I know, Stark. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, sure. It would be nice. I can't like picture an- what she would look like in 1994. Uh, but I would yeah. imagine. Well, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it would Uma be interesting. Good. I don't think. Like, I think she like pretty much perfected the role. It would be interesting to have a person of color in this role, though, as their romantic lead. Yeah, but I kind of like the fact that Marcellus is black and Mia is. I like that too. Yeah. So. Um, all right, Meg Tilly is the other person I have listed there. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Um. All right, so. I don't. It did. Nothing was listed for replacing Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis was a huge star and was the role was kind of written for he him. He crushed it. It was great. 
Yeah, I feel like great. this movie probably got made because Bruce Willis was attached, because he was a known property. Which is, What's interesting is the reason that this movie was made for so cheap is because they paid everyone the same amount. That's pretty really? wild. Yeah, even How Bruce Willis. Was uh, I don't think I have that written down. But they gave like Bruce Willis points, right? They did something like that yeah, where I he like so. technically made more money on it. The film oh, was okay. made for like $11 million. Yeah, so they didn't get paid a ton. Um, okay, interesting. Um, so Harvey Keitel, the this role was like completely written for Harvey Keitel. Uh, he's like he was in Reservoir Dogs, but he's also in a bunch of Scorsese stuff. Yeah. Um, which like is super influential on this. Actually, the whole story of stabbing, um, stabbing someone in the heart to undo an overdose comes from a documentary that Scorsese directed um a documentary where a guy just basically talks about the cool the the what the like the fucking weird shit that he's done in his life as a drug dealer weird Hmm. yeah um Hmm. so the other alternative casting i have is tim roth who is the the restaurant robber yeah i think he's better in that role honestly the um the original uh sorry i have a replacement for him um he the original production company wanted johnny depp in this role that makes sense at the it. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christian it would have been, Slater, sh- would have been as... also makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, like, uh, John- I like Roth. Yeah, me too. Johnny Depp would have been as distracting in this as he is in Murder on the Orient Express. Because <laughs> um, you're he like, was, oh, he's here for a bit. I liked him in that, though. He is, but I it's like, oh, well, now he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's been murdered. Um, and then, the so Orient Eric Stoltz... Eric Stoltz plays Lance, the drug dealer, right? Yeah. According to yeah. Courtney Love, that was almost Kurt Cobain. But according to Tarantino, no, it wasn't. Because yeah. I read about that. Tarantino <laughs> Never was trust like, a fucking word Courtney Love says. <laughs> yeah. Including, I didn't kill Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's interesting. Um, yeah. All those... I, I mean, I think Tarantino is good at casting, and they crushed it in this one. Like, everybody feels like they're in yeah. the role that they're supposed to be in. Um, so, this is our first episode of 1994. So, I think we all know what the best movie of 1994 is so far. But before we declare that, um, if you want to follow what Best Pictures is up to, please, please, please follow us at We Pick Picks, W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S, on Twitter. Um, we tweet out links to the show. Um, we, you know, make jokes back and forth with people, you know, it's a Twitter account. You know how Twitter works. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook in the best, the best pictures, Facebook group. Um, that's probably, you know, that's where you can talk to other people who like the stuff we're talking about. And we also talk about random movies as they come up. Um, you can also follow Best Pictures on Letterboxd to see the average rating for um, what we pick for each movie and links off to each episode. And you just search at We Pick Picks for that. You can follow me, Cody Lunsford, at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can find me on Letterboxd. Just search Cody Lunsford. My name's not that common. Mark? Um, you can find me on Twitter as at Watlington Mark. Same for Instagram if you want to follow someone that doesn't post anything. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd at Mark, uh, Mark, is it Mark 0014? I yes. don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm somewhere on there. I also <laughs> write for a website sometimes, um, Talks on Society. I just wrote a review of Brick. Um, that movie fucking rules. Yeah, it's a good movie. 
It's Chap- really good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Chad A. Oliver. Um, yep. <laughs> Fine. Um, Cross-platform cross name right there. Yeah. Yep. I thought things through when I set up all social media platforms. You really did. Um, so if you are enjoying our show, please consider rating and reviewing it on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. And, you know, uh, let us share our opinions about full fiction with the masses. Um, so I think that's about it for this show. But first, I have to know. Chad, what's the best movie of 1994? The best film of 1994 is Pulp Fiction, a film by Quentin Tarantino. Mark. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the best movie of 1994 is? Um, I would say that it's Pulp Fiction. You know, it's a film by um, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, uh, yes. yes. Um, Cody, what's your favorite film of 1994? It's Pulp Fiction. It's a film by Quentin Tarantino. Um, so that's it for this episode. And remember, everyone, that... I'm pretty fucking far from okay. My pick for next week is Kevin Smith's 1994 classic Clerks. Uh, It's about clerks just having a day at work. Uh, It's basically it i like it though uh you can you can rent it on itunes or amazon um it's like 90 minutes which is like half the length of this movie so give it a shot